Okie doke, thank you. Um, good evening. Before we call the meeting to order, just a few housekeeping items. Um, in terms of notice requirements, it should be noted that when applicable, which it is this evening, the subject properties have been posted, joining property owners have been noticed, the petition was published in the newspaper for this evening. Um, the petition is also published on the Route County website. And typically it's, I don't know if it's posted outside the room here or not this time because we've changed rooms, but regardless. The agenda is posted outside the planning department. There you go. Oh, thank you. Um, it should also be noted that any comments that have been received 72 hours prior to this evening will become automatically part of the record. Um, lastly, as evidenced by the fact that you all are here, we like to have these meetings in, per in person. However, we do have a Zoom feature. And so there will be, I'm expecting there are some that are attending by Zoom, but at this point in time, I can't tell, but I know Sarah and Alan can. And the point I'm trying to make is that for those that are attending by Zoom, we'd appreciate it if you would keep yourself on moot. And if you have a question or wish to comment, you know, at that point in time and when appropriate, simply raise your hand or use the raise your hand function at the bottom of the screen. And if that's not working, politely feel free to interrupt. Um, lastly, for those that are here, I'd appreciate it if your phones are silenced. And uh, the only other item that I would make out is or note is there's a sign-up sheet sitting up front here. I'd like to hope everyone is signed in at this point in time. There's also one out front and a lot of people signed in there. So ah, the other just make sure you Perfect, thank you. So with that, I'd like to call now to order the Route County Planning Commission meeting of July 6, 2023. Sarah, if you'd be so kind as to call the roll. Uh, Steve Warnke. Yes. Brian Kelly. Yes. Andrew Benjamin. Here. Linda Miller. Here. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Here. Jim Trencha. Fred Martin. Paul Weeks. Here. Uh, Pete Wood. Here. Well, we have a quorum, um, so we may move forward. Uh, public comment is the first item on our agenda. Anyone who wishes to address the commission on any item that is not on the agenda this evening, now is the time to do so. What's the matter? Sorry. Just trying to get rid of the... Oh. Uh, seeing none, <laughs> we'll move on to the next item. That would be the approval of minutes from June 15, 2023. Are there any additions, deletions, and or corrections uh, on those minutes? Why was that highlighted below the term three, three years, I believe, in the minutes? It's the first time I've seen that. I didn't know if that was something you corrected. So. Um, it, was a dis it was a discrepancy between what was said in the meeting and what what was in the um, the conditions of approval, and it was not corrected by staff. So I think it just stayed highlighted. I mean, whoever like they fixed it, but it did, but the but the highlighting was corrected. That's all. I can get rid of it for the website. No worries. I move we approve the minutes from six fifteen twenty three as corrected. Second. 
So we have a motion and a second. All those in favor, please signify by saying yes. Yeah. Opposed say no. Motion carried. Minutes of June 15th are approved. Um, the next item is tailwaters at Stagecoach. For the benefit of those that are not familiar with the process, uh, when we receive the petitions of the, as similar to the one that we're receiving tonight, the way that we like to do this is we typically have the petitioner make a presentation to the commissioners and the public um, outlining um, what they are proposing, gives a pretty good overview of what they've got going on. After that, um, typically the staff, Alan, this evening, will provide comments from the planning department on the project, on the petition, and again, summarize um, what's we're going, what we've got going on. After the two, those two steps, then typically we will open up for questions by the commissioners to either the petitioner or staff. And following that, the next item on agenda would be to open it up to public comment, um, during which we will receive comments from public um, and take notes. Uh, once that is concluded, then we'll go back to addressing the petitioner on any questions that perhaps surfaced or are still open or staff similarly. And then I think this evening we'll likely end up in a round table, um, kind of debate the petition and where we wanna go from there. Keep in mind also that this petition is really a recommendation from the planning commission. The ultimate and final decision will be made by the board of county commissioners, which is scheduled for some date. July 25th. Thank you, July 25th. Hey Steve. Yes. I see um, two activity numbers. Yes. Is this going to be combined together into one motion or are we gonna handle these in a separate motion? Oh, I think they should probably be separate. Separate. I think. So whoever makes a motion or potential motion. Yes. Be aware of that. Right, yep. And I'm sure Alan will explain the difference between the two when he's on. So with that, I'd like to now uh, go to agenda item number 4A, Tailwaters at Stagecoach. This is activity PL2023-0037 and 38. This was technically a future land use amendment subdivision, sketch subdivision petition. And might there be, some, there is, <laughs> perfect. Good evening. I'm uh, Tim McGuire from Contour Design Collective with a design firm that is uh, working with the owners on the business projects. I've got a couple of boards here, but also everything I have will be on the screen as well. So maybe even for that. Can I go share my screen? Yeah. Yeah, you're allowed Okay, so again, uh, Tim McGuire from Contour Design Collective. We're in Eagle County, um, and we're working with uh, <clears throat> Bloggers at Stagecoach LLC, who's the owner of the property. The property shown here on this map. Um, it is on the uh, southern side of Stagecoach Reservoir. <clears throat> generally, aligns north south. Um, it's approximately eighty-nine acres and it's undeveloped currently. Um, the site was formerly owned by Tri-State Generation and Transmission, which was purchased last year. 
this map here kind of is just a vicinity map, and the uh, three different rooms here is a quarter mile, half mile, and one mile, so you get an idea of the distance from the reservoir. Um, I believe this other one is two miles away. Um, and this is an existing emissions map on the left. Uh, it shows the existing zoning on the property. Again, the property is outlined, highlighted in white there. And um, it's zoning currently by density residential from the stagecoach map. And you can see there's a couple other different zoning areas on there. This map to the right also shows the property outlined in red. This is a build map. And uh, green, the different shades of green is 15 and under. So you can see this the property is definitely very flat. Uh, it's got a high point on the top and northwest corner. And then it's got a little ridge line and it slopes down to our intermediate area here. Uh, this is all generally pretty flat. There's a, a creek that runs through the property as well as an existing sewer line, sewer easement that runs through the property chain. These are uh, both wildfire and wildlife maps. Um, we did get comments, and I'm sure Alan will walk through that <coughs> the uh, referral agencies. Um, there's a wildfire map that's on the left. Uh, the property, again, which is here, the majority of it is in low hazard area. There is some in medium, medium hazard. We were informed by the uh, fire district that these maps are not correct. The new maps won't come out until this fall. So we're going to work with them to get some updated maps and see, see what the changes are. Uh, this is the CPW map. This shows Grouse area. The blue here is a portion of the property in um, Grouse stocking area. Um, and we we uh, hired Western Biomics, they're a, a wildlife biologist. They will be working on this project and what we're trying to do now is set up a meeting with CPW to understand the lucky area and what we can do to mitigate any impacts to the project. So we just kind of received that referral comment Friday and haven't had a chance to meet with CPW yet. That's the next thing I'm going to do. These two maps here are uh, vegetation and soils. Uh, most of the site. This light green is off stage. There's some wetland vegetation along the stream there. And then the soils at the site are all um, pretty stable soils. And there's most of the soil issues as well. So the, the proposal for the site is to develop it into kind of a mixed use residential active community area with a small neighborhood commercial area. Um, we're proposing a number of different lot sizes that range from approximately an acre for a few of them up at the top here and over the back here. Um, and then we've got quite a few in the lighter brown that are about um, a quarter acre. And these would be either single family or duplexes. And then we have some smaller eight acre lots that are down these two areas here. So we're trying to get a real diversity of plot types, the price points for the for the project. Um, 
And we also have a small area here where we like to do some townhomes and the past dwellings. And then the areas in red would be a mixed use neighborhood commercial. And we're looking at, you know, restaurant, daycare, some office space, uh, maybe a, a, a convenience mark with, with possibly a gas station there as well. Uh, we've also got a number of <clears throat> amenities there for both people within the project and outside the project. Obviously, this commercial center would service all of the stage coach area. Um, we have a little amphitheater in there, and these blue areas are parks within the project. Um, we'd like to, uh, in some of our plans, we show a number of soft trails that go through the project for both hiking, biking, as well as going uh, skiing. And approximately 50% of the project would be undeveloped, as shown in this map. So all the green space is undeveloped. We're staying away from the, uh, the street corridor down here, giving it plenty of upper. And then we're also avoiding steam slopes on the site as well. And those areas that they were over here and over here as well. Uh, as I indicated, there's like this sewer line that already runs through the site. We would connect directly to that. If the water line is up at um, the fire station, so we would extend that down to the site. And the uh, water department has asked us to, uh, right now, this is a dead end. They want us to keep it to another dead end. They have some dead end system there, which is definitely beneficial for the water system. So again, the proposed land uses, total acreage is just under 90 acres. We have 40 acres of residential units. Of residential use. And those are approximately 200 residential units on 198 lots. And how we arrive at that is some of these lots will be duplexes and a couple multi families. So that's why the, the unit count is a little bit above the lot count. We've got about four and a half acres of commercial mixed use. And we assume there's going to be 10 to 20,000 square feet of commercial space in there. And then again, like the project. Is uh, is open space. This is a a blow up of the of the site that shows again just a just a first um, sketch plan of what the lots look like here. So you can see some bigger lots with some bigger homes and some of these areas, the smaller homes, an eight acre lot. You know that's still around 5,000 square feet or so. So they're well over the minimum in this area, which is 3,000 square foot lots. These square acre lots are about eight to 10,000 square feet. So they can definitely accommodate the duplex. So we have duplexes on some, single family on other. Uh, and again, some smaller lots in here, or some smaller homes. This is a blow up here of this commercial area. But again, this is just an initial concept. Um, we wanted to give the commission and the county a sense of the scale and, and what this could look like. So we had an amphitheater here, some parking here. Um, I think this might have been a restaurant and we had a gas station laid out in one of these areas. But again, some open space and some community space in there as well. Um, one of the comments that was on the review from the planning commission was, that this parking might be a little too prominent in the in the uh, 
you know, from the public road, 16 and 18A. So 16 comes here and goes up to the uh, the south and 18A, goes down towards the reservoir. Um, we can definitely rearrange this. This parking actually sits lower. This this road is probably five feet higher than this. So our initial thought is it would be screened, you wouldn't kind of see it right off the bat when you're kind of landscaping, but we're happy to work with planning and and others to you know come up with a design that works for everyone. Um, the roads from the project would be private. They would be uh, they would be maintained by an HOA. Um, what what we've tried to do is again, 16 is coming here in this way. Um, we'd have our main entrance right off the intersection here. Uh, we'd have a secondary entrance here. That would mainly be for these. There'd be another entrance here for these uh, radio homes. And then this is the, I forget the name of this road, but this is an existing road here we can connect to. So it would basically bisect the site that goes down to the, uh, the low branch down there. And then the internal roads within the project itself. Um, we did get a comment from Public Works, potentially realign these corners here. And we're open to take a look at that and see how we could accommodate that. Um, the developer would develop the site, they would be building the majority of homes on the site. Well, they are already building up there. Um, that's it, I guess. I don't know if there's any questions right now or about when you want to go through yours. Hold on. One quick one. Sure. Is there like a road to nowhere on there, right on the green space on the far right? Yeah. Yeah. So this would be, this is also um, <clears throat> included in the the neighborhood commercial zone. Oh, that's what okay. what the initial thought was that initially the contractor would use this as kind of their staging area, and this would be all that's commercial. But eventually, turn commercial after the project is completed. Any other questions just right now for the developer or for the Mr. McGuire? Other than that, um, Alan? Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. So thanks for everybody for coming. We are here to consider the project Tailwaters at Stagecoach, and that involves an amendment to the future land use map, and that is activity number PL 2023-0037, and sketch subdivision and zone change from high density residential to commercial for those commercial areas for the Tailwater project. And the sketch subdivision and zone change is PL 2023-0038. So this is a three-step review process. Since this is sketch subdivision, this is just conceptual. Not all the details are present, nor are they required. The goal of this review is to determine compliance with the master plan and stagecoach plan and to provide feedback on identified issues. If approved, the next stage of review will include detailed engineering studies for drainage, traffic, roads, 
water, sewer, utilities, wildlife, landscaping, etc. And I would like to note that an approval at step one or step two does not guarantee an approval at a subsequent step. As Commissioner Warnke mentioned, this is a recommendation to the Board of County Commissioners, and they will be making the final decision on this application at their Tuesday, July 25th hearing at 9.50 in the morning in this same room. And so staff's recommendation is to approve with the suggested conditions as staff has found it to be in compliance with the master plan and the stagecoach plan with the um, conditions of approval in the packet. So the site is located south of South Shore and east of most of the subdivisions in the northern area of stagecoach. Uh, the current zoning is high density residential. And this zoning was put in place in 1973 by the county through a request from the Woodmore Corporation. That request was part of their Winchester at Stagecoach project. However, this project was never, never finalized, but since the zoning had already been approved, the zoning remained. The Stagecoach plan was originally adopted in 1999 and updated and amended in 2017. The 2017 amendment removed the requirement for the neighborhood marketplace to be at the base of the ski area and provided standards for where it should be located. The original vision of Stagecoach being a growth center was reaffirmed during the 2017 update process, as well as through the update and adoption of the master plan which occurred last year. Stagecoach specific meetings were held during the master plan update that affirmed this direction as well. Um, so again, this is so this is a map with the zoning. I don't know if you can see my cursor, but right here on the eastern end is the intersection of County Road 16 and 18A, uh, South Shore subdivision to the north of it, Reservoir and State Park further to the north, and then the Stalls Golf Course, golf course parcel. The neighborhoods of Young's Peak, Red Hawk, Young's Creek Estates, and Wagon Wheel are to the west of it. And excuse me, Alan, on that map, the reservoir is yellow, right? The reservoir is yellow, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Little Morrison Creek runs along the, the eastern edge of the property, and as indicated on some of the drawings previously presented. <laughs> Back in the early 70s, they hadn't didn't care where they put the sewer lines, and so it is in the creek and it actually crosses the creek twice. Um, so it's bound by County Road 18A on the west, and then County Road 16 travels through the through the southern portion, portion of it. The site is made up of rolling hills that slope away from County Road 18 and towards the creek. And as mentioned earlier, the existing zoning is high density residential. So the first proposal is an amendment to the future land use map. Uh, the future land use map in the stagecoach plan designates this parcel as large lot residential. Um, as some of you probably remember, the future land use map was a last minute addition to the plan. 
areas that did not have access to water and sewer were designated as large lot residential and intended to be developed into five acre parcels. However, extensions of water and sewer were never discussed during the creation of this map. A standard to amend the map if water and sewer were extended should have been included in the stagecoach plan. And so the request is to designate the entire parcel as residential existing and the commercial areas as neighborhood marketplace. And so this is a breakdown of exactly what the subdivision uh, would include, uh, approximately 119 lots uh, with 200 units, and that's approximately 40 acres of the site, uh, approximately four and a half acres of commercial use, and then approximately 44 acres of open space that includes two parks and multiple trails. And so again, here's the site plan that was submitted that was shown earlier. And so the master plan identifies the stagecoach area as a tier two growth area. It is located outside of the municipality, but is an area that's qualified for potential development. It's considered a tier two growth area because it has a sub-area plan, platted lots, high density zoning, and a special district which provides services. And so on page five of the stagecoach plan, it states that it is, is advisory, but its recommendations are intended to serve as a guide for decision makers in evaluating the merits of development proposals. Non-compliance with one aspect of the plan could be a reason for denial. However, non-compliance with one aspect of the plan does not require a denial of an application. As stated in the plan, the advisory is to serve as a guide. Strict compliance with all aspects of the plan is not necessary in order for an application to be in compliance with the overall plan. Staff has identified multiple policies that we believe the proposal is in compliance with, which in the opinion of staff shows that the proposal is in compliance with the stagecoach plan. The plan does not support multiple commercial retail developments. However, it supports the development of a single retail node. Um, the plan does not preclude a recreation-oriented development from having commercial or retail uses. Such uses would be considered accessory to a recreation-oriented oriented development, and the development of a ski area or a golf course would fall into that category. So one comment was from the public was submitted uh, prior to that 72 hour deadline and that was provided to y'all earlier this week. Excuse me. They requested a tabling to address referral agency comments. They had concerns with the scale of the development. They requested a water quality study, which would be appropriate at the next stage of review and a review of the stagecoach plan. Uh, the South Rock School District stated or provided comments. So state statute and the subdivision regulations require dedication plans for parks and schools. The district stated that they are interested in obtaining land in this development for a school. And based on the 200 units and the formula that is contained within the subdivision regulations, 
this would amount to approximately 7.82 acres. Uh, Morrison Creek provided a conditional approval of the, of the project, and those conditions concerned compliance with their rules and regulations. Oak Creek Fire Department uh, had comments based on water capacity, roads, fire hydrants, uh, wildland urban interface considerations, and building materials. All of these will be addressed at the next stage of review and through anticipated updates to the building code. They also expressed concern based on insufficient fire department infrastructure, uh, such as the firehouse, training facilities, equipment, et cetera. And it implies that the developer should help rectify this. Developers are only required to offset impacts of their development and cannot be held to rectify existing issues. This is typically done through an impact fee and impact fees can only be levied after a study has been completed. No such study on how development impacts fire department, fire districts have been done in Rock County today. And then CPW had concerns with impacts to the state park, stormwater runoff, riparian and wetland protection, revegetation, human wildlife conflict, and impacts to grouse and elk in which signals restrictions are recommended. And so when CPW provided their comments, they stated that all the there should be seasonal restrictions based on the location of grass legs and to elk, uh, but failed to provide any mapping to show where that was. So staff reached out and did obtain those maps. So this is the these are the areas that CPW had concerns with for elk. And so all of their comments are based on their high priority habitat mapping, which CPW has sound spatial data and science-based recommendations for. The high priority habitat for elk is near, but does not extend onto the project site. However, they stated that disruptions to elk are expected. And their concerns were with the elk winter concentration areas, and severe winter range. So the severe winter range is indicated with the blue hatching, and then the winter concentration is indicated by the green hatching. And then this map shows the Colombian sharp-tailed sharp grouse habitat. And CPW had concerns with the proximity of active uh, grouse lefts. They stated that redesign should occur to avoid development within 0.6 miles of the left site, which is the purple area. As you can see, that takes up more than half of the site. And then implement seasonal closures within production areas, which are one and a quarter miles of the left site. And that is the entire parcel. And that seasonal closure would be from November 15th to July 30th. Based on this mapping, the entire north area of Stagecoach would be off-limits to development. CPW was part of the Stagecoach update in 2017 and the master plan update in 2022. They did not express any of this to the county at that point, so these comments were very surprising. The site is surrounded by high-density development and is identified as a tier two growth area in the current master plan. 
that has been identified as a growth center since the 1980 master plan and has been slated for development for 50 years. Um, this area has been identified as a growth center to take development pressure off the more rural areas of the county in hopes of taking pressure off of the wildlife in those areas. Uh, staff has requested a meeting with CPW to discuss this, and we are hoping that we can have that meeting prior to the July 25th hearing with the Board of County Commissioners. And so we've got three issues for discussion. Uh, two of them were in the staff packet, and then the third one was added after we received CPW's comments. So the first issue of discussion is, is the proposed density appropriate for a tier two targeted growth area, assuming all impacts can be offset? It's staff's understanding that the density proposed is based on the number of units that Morrison Creek can serve with its existing water storage capacity. An opportunity exists to phase the project to leave land undeveloped at this point in anticipation of potential expansion of the district's water storage capacity. Uh, issue number two, uh, we recently had an open house and staff received comments about the layout of the commercial center, specifically the location of the parking areas and the scale of the commercial buildings. As currently laid out, the first thing you would see driving into the commercial areas are the parking lots. And so staff is wanting you to provide any comments or directions to the applicant on these elements. And then CPW mapping indicates that most of the parcel should be off limits for activity and the entire parcel should have seasonal restrictions. Considering the master plan and stagecoach plan, does the planning commission think that these restrictions are warranted and reasonable? What type of direction should be provided to the applicant to address these issues? And please keep in mind that condition of approval 6R requires a wildlife mitigation plan approved by CPW, as well as condition of approval 13, um, which addresses redesign of the projects uh, based on their comments. Uh, and, but that condition could be removed depending on planning commission opinions on that. And so your options are to approve as presented with the suggested conditions. Uh, that is staff's recommendation. Option two would be to table for more information. And option three would be to deny the application or recommend denial of the application. Um, and I would like to point out that um, the, the layout design of this project could change between sketch and um, preliminary based on feedback from the planning commission and the board of county commissioners. Uh, however, if there is a significant change and that would be determined by the planning director, it might, if that change is significant enough, it might have to come back through sketch. So. Uh, just wanted to let you know that there could be a change from what you see now if this gets approved to the to the next step. That is the end of my comments for now, and I am open to questions. Go ahead, commissioners. Questions for either staff or the petitioner. I'll have one for staff. 
when would the appropriate time to show or decide on a phasing project um, be for, for something like that? Because you're talking about the density. Would it be at the next stage? Would it be at this stage to kind of say that that could be appropriate? I, I would give them that at this stage because what that would mean would be a, a redesign of the project to maybe condense that the existing proposed density onto less land, leaving land open and available for future development in case the water storage capacity was increased. But that's a lot to digest at one time. <laughs> My question is the same question for the petitioner, though. What would your plans if the phasing of this whole project start in and if approved at this point, it would just be full on construction or phased out? Yeah, I mean, they, we wouldn't go ahead and build all the road, the, the main road that goes through the project. Um, you know, this this would be the first road uh, that would be constructed, and then you know this road would be constructed next. These dead end side streets would be constructed towards the middle and the end, as well as the commercial. We want to have some density there before that. Was, was built. Mm. Um, but if we just continue as as the products go and the need for you know the market required for the management process. What are your thoughts on a phased approach? Would you be willing? Would that totally burst your kind of plan and like it won't be feasible or economical? Or would it be something that you guys have been debating back and forth with? Or is it something that you would really strongly feel that you would not want to have a phase and you would just want to go? And when you say that, are you saying a phased approval? There's no like phase of, of uh, for water and, and things like that for development. So putting in uh, the commercial lots and that road area for you know for a little bit, and then uh, then subsequently you know a year or two later, if those lots are selling and that kind of stuff, go to a, another phase. From I think that's the way it's going to naturally work, but I'd have to. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way. We're not going to just go in there and try to build some new homes at once. There's going to be a different phases. Try try a different what, question, and yeah. maybe get you to the same place. I think. Okay. Um, in your head, and, I, and it, you made this comment already, which makes perfect sense to me. You can't do the commercial until you've got something there to support it. Right. Now, admittedly, you've got the balance of the development stagecoach that will help that. Sure. But that makes perfect sense to me. I think the next question is though, do you start with the duplexes or do you start with the single families? I think we would like to offer a little beachfront. Oh, yeah. Okay. The may allow that to happen where, you know, for example, this many year over here, there's some smaller homes, single families, duplex products. So I think you could offer a, a number of different products in just, you know, a small area of the project by, by completing, you know, this being thoroughfare road right here it, it has it has a little bit of everything on there 
do you have any idea over what period of time you think you're going to build it out? And I realize <laughs> I got that, but I mean, I think by the same token, you're, you're in a marketplace that is crying for housing. Yeah. So I'd like to think you've got a little bit of an arm around where you think you're going to go and at what rate. Yeah, I think if we can build it out in three, five years, that would be oh. great. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's aggressive. Sorry? I agree that's aggressive. I, and it's nice to think that way, but I think we maybe are digging into the details a little bit. Yeah, but that's that kind of their problem, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> it is It is their problem. And I think the economics of how many homes can actually be built up here and at what speed. I mean, anyone who's built anything knows how incredibly slow the process is. And so the reality is slamming in 200 homes in five years, like I said, that's 40 homes a year. Yeah, it seems aggressive. It is. And, and I love, you know, good for you for, for thinking <laughs> that there's a chance of, but I, I think the economics and development in our area will kind of dictate the phasing a little bit more. So I guess my comment too is like with this density and this approach, say that we do a full approval, is there a way that we could say that there's different phases so that like, you know, they come to have one phase. And so if we just give a full approval, then we lose all that water rights, all those things, they basically have been vested to be able to get that water. Or if they say, well, we thought this would be fully developed, but it, it's not working out that way. We've only gotten half of this built um, and then the rest, uh, would, would they basically take those water rights and hold them? Well, so they don't have any water rights. No, no. Okay. This is within the boundaries of the Morrison Creek Water Sanitation District. So they would be connected to that district. And so I guess where my comment was coming for that issue of discussion is, so they have 200 units on the entire site. What if you condense those 200 units to half of the site, let the other half vacant, and then if Morrison Creek ever expands their water storage capacity, then they can come back to the, to the county to request the development, the approval to develop the half of the vacant parcel that, um, that they took all of these units off of. Which would result in a higher density and more units. Which would result in more units on this 87 acres, correct? And that would be offered as some type of incentive well i mean as steve said the the community is crying for housing right now and so since the county has identified stagecoach as a growth center should stagecoach be developed at higher densities to take that pressure off of the more rural areas of it see where he's coming from now i get it yeah, yeah. Couple quick questions. Um, you said 200 units condensed on half the site. If I heard you correctly, you're already building on only half the site, correct? That yeah, 40 odd percent of it is open space. Correct. So that would be half of half. That'd be half a half or a quarter of the site. Correct. Yeah. yeah, that's what type of density we're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, which is important. And then we had a discussion a couple of years ago about another application in stagecoach and the number of units being built in stagecoach per year. 
Do you have that information? You know, how many permits are pulled in stagecoach right now, which could answer the inventory question to some degree, right? Could. Could. Give us some. I know. But, but I, I'm just working on memory, which fades with age, but it, it wasn't that many. It was uh, 14 or 15 or 20 or something. It was less than 20 is what I'm remembering off the top of my head. Total building permits in the stagecoach area. So if you take the 200 units, and even if they took the entire market share, that's roughly a 10-year build-out, if I'm doing my math correctly, roughly with the entire market share. And I, I'm just trying to get it out there as far as the phasing of this, that, you know, go, I don't know how many total units are along that main corridor, but uh, there's, let's say it's half, let's say there's 100 units along that corridor, just for, that's at least a five-year inventory if they take the whole market. Yeah, just to give us some parameter. Alan, is it... Is it really our, well, is it our, I guess it is our prerogative to make suggestions, but the petitioner has a plan in front of us. I, I think we're supposed to really be dealing with what he's presenting as opposed to, that's what we should be dealing with, number one. However, your comments are appropriate in terms of perhaps we could encourage the petitioner to give consideration to an effective, a denser plan and pose that as an option. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, gentleman walks in the door, that's my plan. So, now, I'm a little reluctant to tell him, no, you gotta make it denser. I, I tell him, I'd encourage him and he may wanna do that all by himself. Once he senses if that's a, a direction that perhaps the county or we would like to go, that's another set of rules. And so, this issue for discussion came up as a result of the land delay application. So if you remember, if you remember, the applicant came in with, I can't remember, let's just say 30 units. The, the community said, that's too dense, that's too many people, and they requested a tabling, redesigned it, reduced the number, and then it went to planning commission recommended approval. It got to the board of county commissioners, and Commissioner Melton said, "I wish there were more units here. Can we can, can we consider the original application <laughs> okay. instead of what's in front of us?" Right. And our answer was, "No. That's what that's what we reviewed. That's what planning commission reviewed. So this is what's on the table in front." And so this issue for discussion came directly from her comment that I want to see more density in stagecoach. And so since we have the opportunity to have that discussion with this application, I wanted to see what, see what y'all felt about it. Yeah, no, I... It's a conceptual in nature. And so the, the critique can be as brutal as it needs to be to flesh out the problems. Like there's nothing that's set in stone with this and pieces and parts going to be moved. So I don't think any topic should be off the table for discussion. Oh, I'm not saying it was off the table. I'm just suggesting that perhaps it's an additional consideration that we want to throw out there as opposed to dictating it to them. I agree. I'm not, yeah, I'm not comfortable in telling him what he should be doing. But I'm strongly, I'm very comfortable with strongly encouraging him to perhaps reconsider what he's doing. And there's a difference. 
Sure. I'm done. Yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have two comments. The first one on this question of density is that the applicant dealing with the market has to assess what kind of density is viable. People won't move to the mountains because of the density. They're moving here because they're moving out of density. It might be a really nice idea or from a philosophical planning standpoint, to put a whole lot of density, to put a whole bunch of people in there, but that is not what our market's going to respond to. It's not our job to you know, impose uh, any kind of market views on a private sector developer, and they've got a good reason probably for why they're proposing that city the road. That's a comment on that. Alan, I've got a question on the grouse. Alan? Yeah. Tell me about the grouse. That plan you put up and the conditions from CPW left you with nothing. Why can't you develop? You can't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. how, we, how, does that, how does that get resolved? So CPW constantly tells us we are not a regulatory agency. If the county or the local jurisdiction wants to require whatever the restrictions are, it is the local jurisdiction, not CPW, that is doing that. And so their, their job is education, um, enforcement of wildlife laws, and things of that nature. When it comes to development, it is the local jurisdiction that has the um, the authority to make those decisions. So then in that regard, if you're responsive to the CPW comments, it would seem that a less dense project is more beneficial for the purposes that they start in this case, for bird life, right? And or density in the context of broad density, mm -hmm. having a good amount of open space where you concentrate what you're going to develop into a smaller component. I mean, does that make sense? I don't, I'm certainly not a wildlife expert, but from what I've heard is that any activity within that buffer area has impacts, whether it's yeah, it's sure, matter whether the houses are far apart, close together, duplexes or what, if they're built right near a left, the left's going away. The left's going away. That's true. Right. There are cross between two houses. That's just never going to happen. No, but if you have two houses over here and open space over there, then the lights will go there. Probably not. Not, not, if it's, not, if it's pretty, not unless it's pretty far away. Okay. Their, their buffer zone is quite wide. So they need to have a buffer. I don't know exactly how wide. That's a CPW no, question. But that's what that map is about. And anyway, Alan, would you mention the question? It's not regulatory from the standpoint of CPW, but it's a point for the local jurisdiction, which is us and the commissioners, to take into account in being. Responsive and respective of wildlife considerations, which is an overriding. Which gets us to 6R, condition 6R. I mean, I remember when Chris Middledorf took over the position here, he said, Y'all send us referrals? I just came from Colorado Springs and we would find out about a subdivision when they started building the roads. So <laughs> we really appreciate you asking our opinion on this kind of stuff. And so, and staff is supporting. Pretty much all of their other recommendations for stormwater management and restrictions on uses at the the, the residents like uh, um, domestic predators, cats and dogs being being contained, no chickens, no compost piles, um, stormwater management during construction, post construction, revegetation. We support all of that kind of stuff. It's just the fact that 
we've gone through these planning processes to de determine what the appropriate places for development are. And it's not until there's an actual proposal on the table that they say that there's a problem with this area that we've identified at state closed But it's also a little disappointing to know that based on the wildlife maps, we shouldn't be doing anything in stage code, period. Right. End of discussion. Which doesn't make any sense. Which gets us back to that's why we have a condition 6R. Let the experts kind of deal with that, in my opinion. So, anyway, um, other questions for either Alan or staff? Andy. For the applicant, touching back on some of the building concerns in the future. Do you have any strategies moving forward for dealing with housing of workforce necessary to build houses? You know, number one challenge we have here right now is places for people to live who work here. Yeah. And so how do you plan on possibly housing the staff you're going to need to push the project forward? Well, I mean, the, the whole goal of this project is to have, you know, a lot of different Unit types from entry level, which hopefully will be affordable to you know some bigger single family, and there's quite a few on that affordable end. There's a multi-family in there too. So the goal is you know that this project would help accommodate that. Now starting off, I don't have the answer as to how we're going to do that, but the, the goal of this project is to help address that situation. And uh, you know, with respect to that goal, I think it's admirable to me. We can all understand that those different uh, products that will enter, enter the market will be targeted that way. But in the interim during the building process, I think you face a challenge with housing the workers to build what you're building. Yeah, especially in the South Valley, we're just super limited on housing availability. Understood. I would kind of add in that that's kind of a universal problem. <laughs> there, I don't know. If, you know, like they, they're starting to they can't solve it anymore than anybody currently going to solve. Well, some people are proposing van camps to solve workforce housing problems. You know, just wondering if there's going to be a different approach because it doesn't matter how many approvals we give if there's not one to build it, then it won't get built. It doesn't get built. And as I said, the, the ownership is a builder who's building in stage code today. So they're building there now. They would be building on this project. How many active projects right now? Six. We have five. I know where you're at. Yeah. But I guess I could talk a little bit about who are your injuries. You um, big solver, softbox custom homes. Um, these are our multifamily units. And I see this with being a real uh, supporter of the workforce as far as housing goes in the future. And the top shelf um, the additional uh, phase out. I could see this as, you know, potentially having a smaller unit that we could add at a high density level to support that uh, that need as far as phasing. Um, I think that product is an entry level uh, product that would a local worker could afford. Um, so I think phasing this out in a few different phases and adding more units to potential future as the infrastructure supports that uh, could be could be a direction we could go. How many square footage in the 
commercial retail are you just again this is conceptual how much are you showing in the current concept plan uh, uh, commercial. How, many, what? Yeah. how many square feet? Square feet of commercial. Yeah, about, again, it's just, sure, it's, it's, it's truly a sketch plan, so it's about 15 to 20,000. 15 to 20,000. You mentioned mixed use office, retail, potentially a gas station slash convenience store. We have, yep. You know, I guess you would like to see is there's the work unit where, you know, you've got. On the, on the main floor, commercial floor, storage, or office, and then on the second floor, apartments that are popular about to happen in the commercial area. We haven't counted any of that. There, there could be, you know, a couple dozen units that are live work where second floor is residential on top of uh, commercial use on the first floor. And then all the there's 71 quarter acre lots that right now we've only got a handful that are duplexes. They could all be coming. And you know you could easily get the 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 unit count well over three hundred if that's the direction you want to go. Right now, the manufacturer is the, the water district. Uh, they've given a conditional use for up to two hundred units, so that's kind of where we've landed and and we'll go at this point. But I do think there's there's room in the existing layout to to significantly increase density. If that's something you know that the commission would like us to look at. Um, Bill. Question for Alan. Just what you just touched on, the high density in that area. Is there a possible number that we could lay on that a maximum density with this hundred acres? Um I think that really comes down. I think the limiting factor for that would be more traffic. Yeah, but I mean, based on my understanding, Morrison Creek has the water rights to be able to serve it. They just don't have the storage capacity to serve it. So they would need to build an additional tank to store that water to be able to be able to serve it. But I think really what the limiting factor would be is traffic and how that would really affect the roads. And getting in and out of state coach and, and that kind of stuff. Other questions? One quick one. You mentioned that the site or the development would be governed by an HOA. Would it be a standalone HOA or would it be part of the existing? Yeah, this project is not installed right now. So it would be a standalone. HOA. It would be standalone. Okay. Yeah. And we have that spoken and, and gave them a you know, product a couple months ago. And then did I understand you to say that you got the message from wherever the comments came from about taking another look at the layout of the commercial area? Yeah, that, that is, is easy enough to do, moving the building toward the road, and, and yeah, we haven't developed any landscaping plans yet, and I think, uh, or any sections through that site that would show kind of how the profile of it is, mm -hmm. you know, that's all stuff we do in the preliminary phase, and working with the planning commission and in other, you know, comments we do address that. Okay, any other questions for the time being? Um, I'd like to open up to the public for comment. So if you would please 
use, well, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> we, yeah, we can hear you from here. I got you. Go, Bob. Um, first of all, I'm Bob Lumitzi, a resident in Stagecoach. Um, we've been there for about 16 years. I was a uh, former member of this August body, and I was a member when the Stagecoach plan or the, the Stagecoach Plan in 19 or 2017 was done. I contributed heavily to that. Um, but first of all, I'll, I'll say my number one point was I think there are so many concerns from uh, CPW and uh, the Morrison Creek Metropolitan Water and Sanitation District, the road department, or just a few of them. There are some really severe issues that need to be dealt with, with even taking this project to a next step. And I, I said in here, I uh, disagree with the um, recommendation to approve it. I'm not saying that you should decline it, but I think it should be tabled until some of these issues that have already come out uh, have been done. And there are other issues that I'll mention a little bit. Um, one of the major issues in the uh, stagecoach community plan is when that was being put together and as part of that and part of the community putting it together, um, the issue of this kind of density never came up. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't in, in mind. There was uh, the concept of the ski area being developed and having some high density up there. And we discussed it, and I think the general opinion was it was never going to happen. So quite worried about that. Um, it's happening. I mean, you're dealing with that right now. And so the community of Stagecoach, of which obviously there aren't many of us here right now, um, didn't envision this kind of density and this kind of development that would be very obtrusive to the majority of people who live in stage <laughs> They live there because of the tranquility, the wildlife, the access to recreation, uh, the quietness, the uh, peacefulness. That was kind of a focus, focus of that plan. And now um, we're faced with this proposal. There are some other gorillas in the room that are around the corner somewhere. Um, my belief is that one of the reasons for tabling would be to give the stagecoach community another chance to come together and say, is this the kind of future we want for stagecoach? Now, I'm pretty sure that if you poll the people in stagecoach right now, I'm pretty sure what the answer would be, but that's just my opinion reading other people's minds. Um, so I think that, that there should be some mechanism for um, bringing people together to evaluate, and this may be, a, you know, I'm proposing something that may not even be legal, 
but a re-evaluation of the stagecoach community plan. Granted, it's advisory. I mean, everybody knows that from the beginning, but what, what do the people who already have property in stagecoach, what do they want to see develop? And the other one of the one of the girls in the room is if this proposal takes place, some others that are being proposed take place, the capacity of Morrison Creek Metropolitan Water and Sanitation District would be put to the limit with just one or a few very uh, massive projects, and that leaves. 2,000 other landowners out there wondering what to do. And, and I don't know where that fits in the statutes or in the planning codes, but it should be taken into account because there are people out there that have been paying taxes since probably 1973, from the very beginning, and certainly in the decade since. So they feel they've been paying taxes, they squat to uh, Morton Creek about not building um, infrastructure going out. Morton, another thing you should keep in mind is Morrison Creek, by policy, will not build lines unless they're paid for sewer or water lines. Uh, they can't. I mean, the cost is just beyond their capability to extend lines. And when the, the Woodmore project came out of bankruptcy, that's what the judge said, you don't have to extend lines. And so anything that Morrison Creek does has to be paid for. Um, the, but again, this community idea, I think the stagecoach community ought to be aware of this happening. This has all come about pretty suddenly. And in spite of the postings of where they've been, most people don't never heard of this project coming to the board. I think they should. Um, another major gorilla in the room is the water quality in the stagecoach reservoir. It is already, the nitrogen process is already at or beyond the uh, current regulations. Well, we can't call them regulations, they're not regulated, but the water quality is exceeding standards. The with Morrison Creek, if for those of you who don't know that, Morrison uh, Metropolitan Water and Sanitation District, the effluent goes directly into the reservoir and they're building a new uh, system, state of the art, but they'll still be exceeding the standards. And so, project of this size. Uh, just makes that effluent, putting more effluent in, and the standards will probably change in 2027. The goal is right now to have a new set of more stringent standards for nitrogen and phosphorus, which will certainly they're exceeded right now with the old standards, so they exceeded more. So, um, that is an issue that hasn't been dealt with yet in, in development proposals. Um, and it should be a consideration and some time should be given to 
evaluate, discuss, and imagine what the future stage of coach is going to be if the water quality in in stage four reservoir gets to the point where we have toxic algae blooms, which is a big concern right now. Um, because we have increased nitrogen and phosphorus and increasing temperatures due to climate change, and the algae is starting to expose itself like it did up at, at um, the Steamboat Reservoir a couple of years ago when the lake was shut down because of the so that's one of the issues that, that needs to be considered. Um, final, well, I have a couple of other points I just wrote down. One of them is in regard to roads, and I'm tied roads to wildfire. And this is a broader than this proposal, but somehow 200 more residences contributing to the traffic in an area now that has one ingress and egress from all the stage four territory. And so that there's a one bridge, and if the fire should occur in the stage four area, um, everybody has to get out on the same road. At the same time, firefighters are coming in. Uh, who's going to pay for that? How's it going to be dealt with? Um, the other thing, well, I think I mentioned already that Morrison Creek, I used to be on the board until recently of Morrison Creek, so I know what their headaches are. And um, they, they, they can't and will not expand the infrastructure without somebody actually paying for it. And that has to be. <clears throat> so, anyway, I'm the one commenter from. Public was on that list. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you. Yes, sir. I was uh, in stage coach in there in 92. I was president of the, uh, the SPA board for 10 years, president of the Oak Creek Fire District for 10 years, and was on the Morrison board. Very involved. Um, very involved in making the first community plan for stage coach back in the 90s. We revisited back in 2017. As mentioned before, the flume came up. Uh, the flume, again, is was um, the flume and stagecoach plan designated the entire parcel, the large lot residential five acre parcel. The standard to amend the flume if central water and wastewater were to be extended was not included. That was not accidental. That was put in there going, we need to keep this land at five acres. And land water was not talked about coming in. No one was going to bring it in and talk about it. So it was put in there with the intent that these need to stay, stay five acres. Um, and that was done by the, in the uh, 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 stagecoach community plan, even though this is an advisory and recommended, um, the intent of the guide, the intent was to serve as a guide to decision makers in the evaluation of the merits of the development process. This plan was put together uh, by concerned members of the stagecoach community to help guide the development and must be considered during this process. As Bob was saying, I, I represent a lot of people. I don't, I'm not saying I represent South Shore. A bunch of community members who come in and say, Zush, you need to go up here and say something. So this is coming from a lot more people than me to trying to say this. Um, the current subdivision layout does not take in, consider uh, current, the 
topography of that area, the um, discussion process is to provide feedback for the application of the layout, the subdivision before in-depth engineering is done. The site description in the application is very misleading. It states the site has some rolling hills, but for the most part, it's relatively flat. I don't know who considers relatively flat. That whole slope, that whole site, um, the entire parcel slopes towards Little Morrison, and with the extensive grading required to go ahead and meet the current layout, sediment loading for Little Morrison will be imminent. Um, going to the the, uh, the uh, County Master Plan, 11.15, prohibits all development on slopes of 30% or greater. Development steep draws or valleys which tend to channel fire movement is particularly dangerous and is also strongly discouraged. This area is prone to channeling wind right down the little north on the east side of this development. Ellen, can you put that map that was just up there up for me? Uh, yeah. Anyway, probably on the east side of this development is a very severe slope, and the wind that comes through there can channel. If, if the effect coming down this channel, this ravine right here, can be drastic. This pitch right here on the slope is severe. And the wind that comes down, right down 18, uh, 18A or 16, and comes whipping through here, that's a channel. I live right next to the water treatment plant. I can tell you, be in there, there is some wind coming down that channel. Developing that and not inserting fire is a major concern. Traffic concern. Traffic coming down Route uh, 16 from the upper subdivision, converging at the intersection of 16 and 18A and the main entrance of the subdivision will cause serious congestion. Um, the uh, Route County Master Plan to be determined tier two targeted growth area. An area must have or have the capacity for the development of access that can safely accommodate expected traffic flows in and out of the area. It states further. To ensure that future development occurs where those can accommodate projected traffic flows and patterns. We talked about, I guess, the time of putting density in there. How are we going to get out? When I was bored with the president, when I was on uh, the uh, fire board, and they were bringing the dam down at six feet, I mentioned you should make that, that dam a drivable exit. That would be the best way to move forward besides putting a bridge in and getting that road down there. They already made the road all the way to the bridge. All you got to do is blow out some rock on one side, uh, put something across the, uh, the spillway. You can already drive on both sides. That way you'd have an uh, egress off there. How that should be accomplished possibly? With all the people coming to projects, what if you escrow some money in everyone's budget and said, this goes toward the fire exit? Instead of trying to hit one developer up with saying, you need to pay for this, spread it around. Say escrow, I don't know what the exact term would be, but put something in it so that people come in, we can get them out. I don't get them out. The need for education, that was about um, based on 200 units, 7.5 acres or 7.82 acres for schools would be required. The layout for the commercial center that we mentioned is an eyesore. The parking lot is right there in front. Um, finally, one more time, can you put that other little sign back up for me, Tom? You keep talking about density and doing something with density. That oil. Well, there are so many lots we have been able to go out. Why are we going to look more? Why don't we look at South Shore? Why don't we look at someone putting water and sewer in here and building this out? 
We don't need more empty lots down there that can't be built. Halfway through it, they run out of money. Something doesn't happen, and they sit there vacant. We don't have that. We have that all over state Village. Fix that. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else, please? I just uh, probably reiterating on people's comments, but the moment there's a little over five hundred. We need a name, please. Robert Uh So at the moment, currently a little over five hundred residences in Stagecoach area, and this will increase it by forty percent in a three to five year period. So, as Andy said, it's very aggressive. I don't the traffic, like both anyone who's going to be living out there. There's no work. Generally speaking, out there, so everyone is going to be commuting to Steamboat Springs. And in wintertime, a lot of people, new people, have moved out there were not experienced with winter driving at all. And sometimes on a winter morning after snowfall, you'd be averaging 20 miles an hour getting into town. If you add another 40% more traffic in that line, it could be end up in an hour and a half drive into Steamboat to get to work. So it sort of defeats the whole. Purpose. Um, again, the location of it, all the people coming down from all the subdivisions up on 16. You got all the people coming out of South Shore, and now you're going to add potentially three to four hundred more cars coming out of that area, all converging on that one spot. It would be absolute bedlam, especially on a snowy morning. Uh, yeah, and again, there's so many undeveloped lots. Why are we doing a high density? Why, why aren't we encouraging people to develop the lots that are already there? And have sewer. A lot of them have Willow, uh, Willow Island Trail. There's still 30, 40 lots there that are on bills. You've got the behind the fire station, South Shore. It's so close to, to the water treatment plant. It wouldn't take that much to get water and sewer to South Shore. And an LAD, LAD was a, a loan from the, the state over a 30, 30 year. If that could be somehow down to put in more in sewer, it only works out at about 30 to 40,000 per lot. And then those lots would develop very quickly. It's, the vault is so prohibitive right now. It just went up to $18,000 for a vault permit. They're not providing any infrastructure. That is just permission to put a tank in the ground. Then you pay about another uh, close to ten thousand dollars by the time you get it into the ground, and then you're paying three hundred and thirty dollars every time to empty, which is about 20, 30 cents a gallon. That is what is hindering development in stagecoach is the lack of access. So at least the the subdivisions that have easy access to the water. They should be developed first. People have bought lots out there 20, 30 years ago, hoping, waiting for something to happen. But now, and they just don't have the, they can't build on their own lots because, like, Morningside has got the point now, there's only one vault left. What happens when that one vault is gone? That permit is gone. Everyone else in Morningside owns a lot, their lot is now unbuildable, legally unbuildable. So what's going to happen there? That's going to come into a court case. So it just seems crazy to me to be developing 200 lots in such a congested area at a bad location for meeting point from all the people coming down the hill, coming out of Satchel, 
I just think more effort should be put into extending services to nearby subdivisions rather than just bringing a whole new development. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, we can you use so, um, did you have to do anything? No. You can go ahead. Ah. Can you see this? Go ahead. His name's Chris Hayden. Hi, can you all see us? Awesome. Um, so, I'm Chris Hagen. I'm Vicki Hagen. Um, we live out in South Shore, um, and we really appreciate you all putting this together, allowing us uh, an opportunity to to talk about this. Um, we have we have a number of questions. I know that there's this is more of a comment section, um, but you know, given given the housing crisis that exists in Route County, um, I'm wondering like. Have you partnered with the Yampa Valley Housing Authority to align with affordable housing goals? Like these are quite, yeah, questions for the board. Um, you know, it's like, we're, we're moving into a crisis right now where people can't necessarily afford to live in an area um, and over 50% of the houses in Route County are, vacant according to the census according to the census throughout the year um and so yeah we want to know like will this development like have an opportunity for people who live out here who work out here who earn money out here to be able to afford to live and specifically thinking about staffing, staff housing for the marketplace that's within this development, Sirocco School District employees, the fire department, which I know was in that letter in those comments, and then the future Stagecoach Mountain Ranch as well. Yes, I guess the I would, I'm taking notes, so if you want to continue, I will. I can respond to your questions at the end. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd love to hear like what what you're thinking right now. Um, yeah. Do you have any other questions? So, I guess. Yeah. Could you, we have those, and then we'll deal with them as we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that works. Can we start? Yeah. Um, we were curious about the partnerships that have been developed. I mean, I know there was a request for comments from the state park, but what partnership has been developed with the state park? Um, looking ahead to knowing that this was presented um, in, not in, in alignment, but next to um, the new zoning regulations and in relation to solar. And so looking at how this might align with the energy goals for Route County as well. Um, and then also knowing that this business is um, registered in Eagle County, and I'm curious how those business tax dollars align with Route County since the, if the business is registered outside of Route County. Um, 
And then looking at when you will be conducting the traffic study, of course, looking at this as an access point to a state park and looking at if you will be doing the housing or sorry, the traffic study during a weekend um, when we have the most traffic coming out for the state park um, versus, you know, a calm weekday in a shoulder season. Um, knowing that there's Stagecoach Mount Resort on the table as well, how collaboration might be existing between those two developers, um, between Tailwaters and Stagecoach Mountain Resort. Um, kind of aligning with that first question about a collaboration with the Ampa Valley Housing Authority, um, what the estimated price points will be for these homes um, or what the range will be, understanding that you know our median income is, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering if this is median or average, is. Um, around $50,000 for Route County. So then looking at right now in Stagecoach, our average home price is $800,000. That doesn't work with that median income. So looking ahead is, is this going to bring in outside individuals or will this actually house Route County, um, Route County residents that are looking for housing? Um, road improvements as well. I know that that's been in some of those comments, but we haven't seen anything distinct around road improvements. Yeah, the other thing, the other thing um, is that with this development, um, this is a bit more specific. Um, our son is in a wheelchair. Um, and the, the important thing for us is making sure that any development that comes up is accessible to him. And so a question is like, do the park spaces include accessible playgrounds and who are you all contracting to do those playgrounds? Are they fully accessible? Um, I know they're like, I work, I work with a company that does landscaping and that landscaping company has been a part of building new projects here and there. And there is the moral code and there is the legal code for accessible playgrounds. And I know that the Sirocco School District is more embracing the moral codes of accessibility. And so I'm wondering, like, are we looking at that as well? Because um, we live just uphill from where this development is going to go in. And I'd say my last question is around um, who who is um, proposed to be the hired construction companies to support? Will those be local or um, coming in from other parts of the county or outside of the county? Okay, thank you. Yep, those are our questions. Anyone else from the public? Sarah, can you help me there or not? No one online would come up with another raise hand. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, my name is Jenny Lay. I'm a resident central or I've been in stagecoach for three more years. Um, and mostly I second the comments that have before me here. I'm going to go through all of those points again. But um, I, I will say that. Um, Stagecoach has been a sending ground for all of my adult life. 
for people like me who worked in restaurants, landscaping, the library, <laughs> um, our newspaper. I've done all of these jobs. I could go make that list go on and on. And I've never been able to live anywhere besides Steve Coach. And I feel very fortunate that I jumped on the jumped on a crazy situation all those years ago and built the first little cabin in stagecoach, which I couldn't even get to that snowmobile or snowmobiles for the last two miles for years. Um so I'm not the only one in the situation. There's a lot of us where this has been the sunny ground, where this is this is the community where people, real people who are very invested in the Yampa Valley community um, live. And what I want to know is, do you want community? Do you want more people like me who are invested in all of the things that make this place attractive for events, for involvement, for engagement, or are we building, are we just increasing density for more second homes? I mean, so at some point, you have to consider like, what is your mission? What do you want here? I understand the development. There are all thousands of empty lots being built there already. You're just going to it. And you're adding it to somebody who's going to build potentially 40 lots a year, which I don't, 40 houses a year, which I don't see how you can do that without an income. Um, and all of this like thought and energy is going into Brown Ranch on the west side of Steamboat with all of these things that I'm talking about right here this sense of community and who's living there and who, you know, how do we make this work? to make the whole broader valley community connected and better, you know, adding 200 second homes is, is, does not solve, this is not solving the problem. And I don't, I don't really see how in good conscience you can add 200, let alone the suggestion here for make it against it for three big more lots, when everybody out there has a drive, so that's Probably a minimum of two cars per house and not deal with the road situation because if you don't see how big of a problem that is, then you have driven it in winter. And if you have people who are working in restaurants, working in hotels, doing the kinds of jobs, the drive home at 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. It's the same, hard, really hard, but I'm kind of tough. <laughs> um, and I, you know, if, if it really is serving restaurant workers and you're going to have 200 houses of restaurant workers, well, then you're going to have 400 more cars on that road at midnight to 2 a.m., let alone the fire issues that have already come up. But um, infrastructure is not there. It has never been there. It's always been a problem. It's not a new problem. Um, but for those of you who do not drive the road, uh, I'm reminding you of the situation. Problem. And I appreciate your thoughts and your your hard work to kind of make this so. How it's going to be, but. Um,
I'm okay. about, I want I want community. Thank you. Community. Understood. Just one question. Quick, please. Uh, just so if the Morris McQuaid and their ability to service the development, uh, the maxing out with the 200 units, does that affect other people who would be trying to tap into Morris and Reed? And if this development took all of that uh, resource, their, their capacity, does that mean that other people who have lots would be, wouldn't be able to tap into Morris? I'll defer to Alan after the fact. Uh, later, we'll answer that question. And I think we can answer that question. Um, anyone else, um, Sarah, that you're seeing? Um, no, no raise hands online anyway. Okay. All right, hearing that, I'm going to close the public portion of this evening. Um, you've got a list that you could answer some. I do. Go. All right, so to get to your question, Morrison Creek has said they have the ability to service. They are the ones that run their system, manage their system. They're the ones that we rely on for that answer. And they have provided their letter commitment to serve with those conditions. And we have to, we go by that. So, but your comment is duly noted because I do know that there are uh, vacant lots that could access that system. And so that is certainly a, an issue that we will look into if, it, if this application is approved. Um, so I heard private property rights mentioned. Um, the applicant has private property rights as well. Uh, it's not exclusive to people that have been there for five years, 20 years, 30 years. So we have to take that into consideration. The goal of the planning department is to provide consistency in reviews. Stagecoach has been identified, has been slated for growth since the early 70s has been identified as a growth center since 1980. The review of this application is being done under the current plans. We can't put this application on hold and change the rules on the applicant midstream. So um, we're reviewing this application in compliance with the plans. If the planning commission or the county commissioners determine that it is in compliance with the current plan, then it would move on to the next stage. Um, if you think that the, the current stagecoach plan is not serving the community, uh, then you need to make the Board of County Commissioners aware of that. They're the ones that direct staff to address issues like that. And without hearing that from the community, they're not going to tell staff to do anything. So if you do think that the current plan is not serving the community, please make your voice heard to the Board of County Commissioners and meet every Tuesday. And there is public comment at 9 30 a.m. I would encourage you to do that. Um, a water quality study is an appropriate request for this. I definitely, with the concerns that you raised, I do not see that as being unreasonable and is something that I feel should be addressed. So, uh, if Planning Commission, if you agree with that, then you should add a condition of approval if you're inclined to approve it. Uh, that would require that at the next stage. A road engineering study that evaluates all of the concerns that you just mentioned will be required at the next stage of review. Uh, the reason that we don't require it at this stage is because the applicant, the staff, planning commission, they don't know if, what, the, what the project is. And so to require that level of 
detailed study at this stage of the review um, would be unreasonable because those studies cost a lot of money. And unless you have some type of reasonable assurances that the county is in support of this project, uh, it's pointless to spend that money because it's not gonna it's not gonna serve you. Um, uh, the comment about the site being relatively flat, um, he, Mr. McGuire, put a slide up that showed the, the slopes of the site. Pretty much all of it was green, and in consideration of the topography of Route County, I would say that most of those green areas fit into that relatively flat category. South Shore is not served by water and sewer. And so to say we should extend the lines out there and develop South Shore, that's been the sentiment for 50 years. Um, and it hasn't happened. And unless those residents of South Shore are willing to extend those lines, I don't see it happening. Uh, there's only 54 vault permits allowed in section in South Florida. Uh, and currently we have a developer who is willing to extend that required infrastructure to provide lots that the, that the community is asking for, the, the broader route county community. Um, Yamba Valley Housing Authority, their boundaries don't extend into this area. Um, I heard a comment today that the Yamba Valley Housing Authority should really be called the Steamboat Housing Authority. So um, it would be nice to be able to work with them and to be able to use their powers to provide affordable housing, but unfortunately, it's not, not available in the stage of area. Um, and then I heard several things about energy goals, ADA accessibility, and affordable housing goals. We are currently working on updating the zoning and subdivision regulations. All three of those topics are worthy topics to be included into those new regulations. And that was the, the focus of the outreach meeting at the Stage of Firehouse last Thursday was to get feedback from the community on topics like that. And so if you do have comments and want to see those requirements and the regulations, uh, you can go to navigateyourroute.com and provide comments. They will come to the planning department and the consultant that we have hired to help us update the regulations, and those will certainly be considered and be made a discussion topic while we are working through that process. Um, that's all I, all my notes. If I missed anything, please let me know. If there's anything. Uh, the only thing I was thinking, there was a fair amount of, I mean, traffic. Um, so a referral was sent to the to CPW, and so since they've been married, um, CPW provided comments on impacts to the park and impacts to wildlife. And so there is that condition requiring work with CPW. It's not specific to the state park. It's not specific to wildlife either. But if you would like, if you want to make that more clear that the applicant needs to focus on wildlife and impacts to the state park, you can rely on the record here tonight or you can add it to the conditions of approval. Uh there was a couple of comments about the traffic and ingress and egress, but I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is 
once again, those issues get addressed as a result of the traffic study. And I think be comfortable that the study is not done at midnight or what, I mean, they, they know they're smart enough to know that when the peak times are, when they're not, who's going to be, yeah, they bet they've got that. I, that I, I did want to mention something about that. When a, there are standardized engineer engineering practices for traffic studies, and it's one of those is you don't do it on a holiday weekend because those numbers are going to be through the roof. And then all of a sudden, you're, you would need a four-lane road instead of a two-lane road. If you build those roads, they are going to get built. That's how traffic works. And so there, the any study will have to be done by a qualified um, traffic engineer, and they will follow those standard uh, uh, engineering practices to put together that study. I agree. Um, Alan? I too agree that perhaps, I guess what I'm trying to say, do we need another condition to evaluate the impact on Stagecoach Lake or does that fall under stormwater management and do we just expand the item, I think it's P-U-G-Q, P-Q-O-P-Q, I guess, huh? Because it talks about and runoff from impervious surfaces, carrying sediment, nutrients, chemicals, trash, debris, pet waste, etc. And does that, you know what I'm asking? Uh, that's more related to the stormwater management. Well, I got that part, but I'm just like, um, never mind, just do a separate condition. I, I'm, be more <laughs> I'm reading that. And are you talking about the water quality in the reservoir? Is that the yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think Bob's comment was directed at the phosphorus and other things that are a result of the sanitary sewer affluent being discharged in the reservoir. Is that true? Say it again. I don't I, think so. The, the sanitary, I thought you said something like the overload from the system, the sanitary sewer system, when treated, that that water, that affluent, Whatever goes through Morrison Creek eventually goes in the stagecoach reservoir. That's what I thought. Eventually, it goes directly into <laughs> okay. right from the, the wastewater treatment plant, which is right at the end of Little Morrison Creek. That's what you do. It's piped down and goes into the uh, Morrison Cove, where now the new boat uh, launch is on the south side of the reservoir. But, but but when the day is all been done with, what we're trying to evaluate is the impact of a development overall on the quality of water on stagecoach, regardless of where it comes from. Correct. If I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, because, because the effluent theoretically is monitored and controlled. Right. Well, the other thing on that particular topic is those 200 units that are eventually going to contribute to Morrison Creek, they could come from this one development. Or they could come from all oh, the stagecoach, yeah. but the result is still the same. You've got 200 units yeah. adding to the system. But at this point in time, we can only deal with 200 units. Exactly. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Can you question for you, Bob? Is my understanding is the new treatment plant is actually been approved? 
It's oh, it's been. It's been. Yeah. Yeah. Ask, ask, ask Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that makes a huge difference or not, we, we can't speculate yet, but we will have a new treatment plant there. We will have a new treatment plant. It will deal with things like E. coli perfectly well. The amount of nitrogen and phosphorus that comes out of us and our, and our dwellings and everything that we do will be the same and okay. add more to it, add more to it. Okay, thank That's you. That's why I'm back to the the, 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 the cost of cleaning those nutrients out is astronomical. Um, questions for staff and or Alan. I have one for Alan. I'm yes, Chrissy. Oop. Hi, everybody. Um, sorry, uh, I can't be here in person, but I wanted just to piggyback on some of the comments Alan made in reference to what we heard from the community. And one was just a reminder to everybody, I know we've said it before, how this is conceptual and there's gonna be a lot more information that is gonna be provided to us. And the applicant is hearing these comments, um, which they can take into careful consideration if this were approved to come back um, with a redesign, whether it's more density or some of the comments related to the affordability you know, which I'm sure the developer can speak to their ideas tonight, but I'm sure that's going to come down to the next phase if this were approved. But um, what I wanted to highlight was, you know, the partnership question. And while Alan is correct, the Yampa Valley Housing Authority does not cover this area. I just want everybody to know that the Housing Authority and all of our other interested and involved agencies were part of developing Route County's master plan, which we recently developed. And we have some great policies, which essentially are marching orders um, for updating the code, the zoning code and the subdivision regulations. So with that, um, while they don't oversee this area. They, as in the housing authority, had provided us great comments, which we adopted policies for developments to consider affordability in their designs. Um, also, there were comments about accessibility and um, master plan that we recently adopted speaks um, to diversity, equity, and inclusion and consideration of that in developing properties um, it, as we are considering our overall development. While specific regulations and requirements have not been included in our, um, or aren't in our existing codes as of now, that is something that we are going to be looking through this process to include those kinds of recommendations in our regulations. Um, and I believe you then all spoke to some of the other items. You addressed the traffic study, how that's coordinated with public works and how there's specific requirements of when a traffic study is done. Uh, uh, so I just wanted to point out those things that this is very preliminary in the process right now. And they're all great comments that we're hearing from the community. So thank you. Um, and um, I'm here for other questions for the Planning Commission. Thank you. 
Perfect. Thanks, Christy. Yeah, um, Alan. So with the first application of the future land use uh, subdivision change, is this only getting addressed because it's turning into uh, commercial or because this is already a, a high density zoned area? So the only reason why they need to go through that application is to then be able to get the commercial on top of what they already have as their rights. Is that correct? There's that and then there's it's that the designation on the future land use map for this entire parcel is large lot residential. And so they want to change that to the existing residential existing or what, whatever it was. But they wouldn't have had to necessarily done that. They could have just done a conceptual plan if they had the high density already and just presented it in that manner. But now because they want the commercial on there, that's the reason why they're going towards this whole part. Uh, we thought it would be cleanest to amend the, the future land use map for their or their proposal, which includes both the commercial and the, the higher density residential, even though the zoning exists to make to make it in alignment with the with the future land use map. Okay. So the zoning that the zone change you're talking about is really only for the commercial. You're not talking about changing the HBR to something else, are they? Uh no, no. The, so yeah, thanks. We can clarify that. So there's an application to amend the future land use map from large lot residential to existing zoning and commercial. And then there is also a zone change that would change the official zoning map from HDR identity residential to commercial those commercial areas. Any other questions, commissioners? On the uh, grouse um, comments, is is that an endangered species? Is it similar to the grains that we dealt with recently? I don't think the Colombian sharp-tailed grouse is endangered. It's the greater sage grouse. Yeah. That's a concern. Yeah. I, I, it, it's not this species of grouse. Thank you. Any other questions? Um, I'd like to maybe do a little bit of a round table. Alan, can you? Put up the one slide that had the three on them, not the two. Yeah. We have two, but there's a third one, which we know is the CPW. Uh, which man be asking the first? Uh, the items for discussion, Alan. Oh, uh, yeah, he adjusted it to reflect three as opposed to two, yeah. right? Um, I'd like to start with the third one. I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but. I'm going to lead this just a bit and say that it seems to me that, well, first of all, there's there are conditions of approval in here that really address the issues between CPW and this site and its development. I think those issues and those conditions are probably a little bit more important now that we've got some real confusion going on <laughs> in terms of the lack areas and the elk areas. So to me, um, in terms of that item discussion, unless somebody's uncomfortable with it, I think we're already that's already being addressed in the conditions of use. And I think specifically, I actually had marked it. But now, Alan, you're going to help me with that. Yeah, so I do want to call out so there is the condition and 6R, which requires a wildlife mitigation plan. <laughs> but then condition 13 requires a redesign based on, on that. So 
if you're comfortable with what the layout has proposed, condition 13 should be removed. Wait a minute, say that again. When you said, I'm sorry, could I just add a clarification? You just said the redesign, you're talking about the redesign of the layout of the entire project. Of the entire project based on. Oh. Yeah, on CPW's recommendation, which would essentially eliminate the entire project. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah. and thirteen. Yeah, thirteen becomes somewhat meaningless. But what based on instead using the language in six uh, R to be a little more expanded, which we also talked about. I think it helps to give direction that this includes not just the um, the way it reads is. The wildlife mitigation plan, but that could also then say, um, including attempts to protect, if possible, the lex. That would be one way to you know, work with the language. But clearly, I think we need to add in there, including work with Stagecoach State Park. Because I think that encompasses their, you know, it's different from wildlife mitigation. And I think it's important that CPW needs to pick up the park part of the C and the W. Would they normally not? Uh, I think it doesn't hurt to, in light of how they responded, I just think it, it, I think it's helpful to the developer and to the community to be very clear that we have a wildlife problem and we have a state park problem and let's identify it in 6R. Comments from anybody? Agreed? I agree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What kind so of does it entail eliminating 13 or not, Linda? I think 13 has to be eliminated just from the way it's written, definitely. And I think Six R, the spirit of six R is saying, see whatever CPW can do, you and CPW can do to try to make this less uh, of a problem for wildlife. And so I think six R is broad enough to cover it. And 13 is way too narrow. Way too narrow. Okay. So would it fair would it be fair to say we have at least consensus on discussion point number three? Yes. 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 Andy, you silent. I feel like we're getting awfully granular for something at that conceptual level, and well, I know, but considering some things when we're supposed to have a little bit higher view. Uh, other than, and under normal circumstances, I probably would agree with you. However, in this particular set of circumstances, when we have a CPW report that basically shows the development can't even be done, I don't know if I consider that so granular. We, uh, we, uh, we've had input in the past with oil and well development, and it never slowed one of the oil and well developments down. So I, I, I recognize it. I recognize its importance. As long as we continue to build houses in Howe County, the wildlife are going to be impacted and suffer, and that's not going to change unless people are going to stop development. So I just think this one might be a little bit more I can exceptional. That. I'm, I'm not going to object to it. But again, like I actually think one is more important 
important for the first level of this discussion and brief, to be honest with you. I'm not going to argue that point, but we're going to get there. Okay, that's why I'm being quiet, man. You know what happens? Um, so I, I, I would just like to make one comment in relation to your comments. Um, the whole point of this is to try to make this process, the, the entire process, as smooth as possible. And so if you can identify issues that you want more information on now, then that's going to make the preliminary review go that much smoother because the developer then knows what exact what information exactly you want to see at the next stage of review that will help that review go through the sure. Thanks, John. Uh, so now I'm going to go to number two. And I think this has been somewhat discussed, but I'm I'm open for suggestions other than not other than. Uh, it seems to me that the, the public has already had some input on the commercial development and that the parking lot seems to be an issue. And I think that the message has already been conveyed to the developer that he's got to unwind some stuff. Do we agree with that? Agree. I want to hear the, land, the landscape architects. <laughs> oh, all right. That's right. Yeah. So, Andy. Um, that's okay. I appreciate the recognition of the profession. Um, I, I again, I would steer away from the actual layout into whether or not the commercial application in this particular location makes sense. To me, it feels slightly off. I liked it more centered around some of the development that was going to occur with the ski area. I understand that there's been no forward movement in that. So for me, the commercial aspect is a miss on this particular parcel. I recognize why it's being requested. This has been a request of the community. It's important to note that other than the gentleman in the yellow and the applicants in the back, I know every single one of these people and have for years and years and years. And so, um, and they are all heavily involved in the community. The, I, I would rather stick with, is the commercial appropriate here versus the parking lot is here, this is this building, that building. You know, again, zoom out on this a little bit versus getting stuck in these details. And to me, like I said, the commercial is just a miss at this particular location. Uh, okay, but doesn't mean it's not allowed. Or sorry? it doesn't mean that it can't be changed to make it a, a use on this particular site, but just for where it is at that intersection as the, the termination of that road and going into stagecoach, it, it, like I said, the location is just a miss on for, for me in this particular layout. I don't know that it would be appropriate in this spot really at all. Wouldn't you feel like that's kind of the city hub of the subdivision though? Like it's a, it's a rural subdivision and not a city. I mean, again, like the guy from Mo Creek, who used to have a business there, I never wanted something to happen out there because I want the business and the tax dollars to come into Oak Creek. From the beneficial side, it's contributing to the school district. So me, that's, that's a win in that particular category because our schools are just absolutely suffering really, really immensely 
I don't know if a new school is enough to change the tide of what's occurring out there. Um, so you, you would agree with the community plan of saying that it needs to be in one centralized area and yes. not in two different is basically your point. I, I think if it's going to be in one, it should be in one spot if we're going to have it. I don't think two are necessary. I don't think three are necessary. If there's going to be a future marina, would that be a better location? There's just some other considerations. They're they're trying to fit a need that has been expressed for many, many years. There has been, by some community members, a desire, expressed desire to have some type of service out there. I think in that location, it just would it would be out of context for me. Um, the other comment about extending over to South Shore, really interesting. I did a recreation and landscape master plan for South Shore like 15 years ago, maybe now. And there was a big plan that was done and uh, sewer expansion, water service expansion. South Shore, where Jenny is, is segregated. <laughs> there's the, where Jenny's up at the top and then there's the people at the bottom and they have very conflicting views about how to meet in the middle when it comes to water service. Some people want it and some people do not. And that's why South Shore doesn't have water. I mean, there's been plans put in place, capital improvement projects. There's not enough tax dollars out there. But enough. that's, but we're off topic now. Sure. I'm, I'm still on two. Yeah, I have to throw them. Sure. Presumably, I mean, there's some professional studies that, uh, for whether the commercial or commercial, uh, because it exists, it's needed. Uh, there could be places to other places, but I can't imagine that you're putting a commercial site there without having considered traffic patterns, acceptability, visibility, and all the other issues that apply. And uh, if, it's, uh, if it's functional for them, I don't think it's for us to say that we just think it ought to be someplace else. See, I'm, I'm a little confused, Andy. I guess what I think I hear you saying is that. If the entire stagecoach development were up for redevelopment or up for development, period, your comment is that's probably not the best place for that commercial property. In my opinion, yes, that's what that's what I'm hearing. Yep, but that's not but that was a big case. if in front of that's that. not the case. Though. No, it's not. That's my point. I would see this. It's not even if it was being redeveloped, redeveloped, and the whole thing is picture at once. I'm just saying. In this particular location, at this intersection of this road, the context of what's next to it, I don't feel town centered. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And it's silly to talk about a town center when it's an unincorporated part of the county. And I've often advocated for them becoming their own um, charter and an actual municipality right gotcha. yeah, that's that's i mean we're not, we're not there but we're not there yeah that's again so anyone else have any comments about two i mean are we comfortable with the presentation as it is and it shows where it shows it i mean i don't yes go paul thanks so i um i understand andy's comments what i like most about that neighborhood commercial area is that it is at the junction of of a, of a two rows in a recreational area. Understandably, the south, it's not the southwest, but the bottom of the parcel, if I remember correctly, is zoned something recreational, 
don't remember what the name was. Anyways, if we're going to go with the stagecoach at the master plan or wherever it came from, or we want to focus a commercial area on the node, that's going to be the best node ever because there's three different property owners on that corner, and that could be redeveloped in many different ways. Looking at the overall layout, I think that the developer has, or at least the designer, has taken into account a lot of the um, anomalies with that property. And what I also like is the diversity of housing all the way through. The developer really tried to make accessibility and make it um, the design overall something that would enhance community, enhance diversity, and be an amenity to the overall stagecoach area. So yeah, it's going to get changed. I get that, and I think that this is an excellent start. Thank you, Paul. Anyone else wish to comment? I think at this point, this issue of where the marketplace is um, <clears throat> is something that the developer is going to have to look at when they start working with Lindsay Bridge. Because I have the concern Andy has expressed. I think that's a very touchy intersection um, to have people that are coming, you know, either home trying to get into the market, people that have been recreating trying to get in. Um, it may not be the best location. And I think that Lord Bridge has Bridge has expressed a concern with uh, the road layout right through that area. I'm not sure we need to address it at this stage, but I think the developer needs to listen to you know all of these comments in terms of is there a way to make this uh, maybe somewhere else in the project that Road and Bridge would be happier with that might put it a little closer to a center part of the community, given we don't have a huge stretch. Um, but I do have a concern that that's not. Um, the safety of that intersection is a bit of a problem. But I don't think at this level, I, I it, it doesn't reach the level where I would disapprove. Right. And, and to me, I mean, it's kind of like you look at flow patterns and different things like that. Most people who are going over to Morrison Cove are going to bypass this subdivision and kind of just continue on to 16 unless they want to go into it. And then they would be just going into that community center. So that community center kind of in that placement is not going to be affecting all the other people and all the other uh, houses and everybody else in there. And so it's going to be a lot more of a communal flow pattern in the rest of the area. So I kind of think that is a good area for the commercial property. <clears throat> and if it was to stay, how do you think, like, let's say something like a convenience store that has lights on for extended periods of time would be, again, I'm speaking contextually of that particular oh, we ahead of ourselves in that one too. Sorry? Are we getting ahead of ourselves in that one too? I think so. Um, I was going to try to but again, I'm related to, to context. To, to me, you look at the high school, and that's right next to all residential. They have downcasted lights. And yeah, it's a little bit of a nuisance, but most people say that it works. I think we're dealing with level of detail here. I was, I was going to try to do this and see if I get ready to agree. You can't say agree. when you dig into the minutia of the, <laughs> the wildlife when not talking about light pollution. Yes, I can. Um, <laughs> wildlife is one of my CPW. Yeah. I think my my sense is that the developer has provided 
a location for commercial area, which is sorely needed. I think it's probably fair to say there may be some question if that's the exact best area for it on the site, because I don't think we're in a position to tell the developer, well, unless the, the board wishes to tell the developer, we don't want the commercial development because it should go someplace else. I'm not hearing that. Well, this is the I think that I think that the developers provided commercial development, whether it's exactly in the right spot, maybe that's something as as Linda pointed out, it's a combination of input from uh, traffic, a road and bridge, and whoever, and let them kind of walk themselves through it. For us to sit here and analyze traffic flows, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. Alan, you would so come in. I, I would like to point out that there are three standards in the stagecoach plan for amendment of the future land use map for this uh, neighborhood marketplace. And there are findings of fact that state that it is in compliance. And so standard one, Development site shall be located in the north area of stagecoach. Um, the, the development sites will be eligible to tie into the existing water and sewer system and must satisfy any conditions necessary to obtain a commitment from Morrison Creek. Site must have reasonable access to serve the development and be eligible to obtain any approved county access permits. A traffic study may be, may be required to determine if additional improvements to the county roads are necessary. There shall be adequate on-site parking to accommodate the use. Those are the three standards in the community, the stagecoach community plan for an amendment to the future land use map for a neighborhood. And didn't we do that some years ago, not too long ago? Well, that was that those were added in 2017 because yeah, the original plan said it must be at the at what this corner, whatever. Yeah, I remember area. And in the 20 years since that. There was an approval of Stagecoach Marketplace in 2006, but that was never acted on right. some of the AP's property. So did I provide a summary of what I think is the consensus? Yes. Yes, yes, yep. yes. I'm getting nods. Let's go. Okay, fine. So now we're done. Now we go to one. I'm actually going to start with um, Jim. What do you think about number one? Do we think that the density that's being presented as is is sufficient? Do we want to increase it? Do we want to give the opportunity to the developer? I think you want to give the opportunity to the developer because they're the ones that have to make the assumption of the market and the character of the products and its financial viability. And just the total density. Say the density could actually have an adverse effect on the whole potential But we're not imposing density. We're not changing that formation. No, I no. think the discussion has been along these lines. The presentation is the presentation, and the right. density that has been submitted yeah. has been submitted. However, we as the commissioners have the ability to encourage right. the developer to give serious consideration to increase density. And is that an encouragement that we wish to give to the developer? I would say yes. I would say to start out with higher density, have them and do it in phases. So you can, we have a severe demand for affordable housing and higher density housing is going to provide that affordability. And we can, if we can get people into that affordable housing, 
who are teachers, um, you know, service workers, frontline workers, uh, they're going to populate that pretty quickly. And that could drive a future traffic study, which could in turn drive a better design for commercial and other residential housing in that development. The, the only counter I would offer that is that I think it has to be left to the to the developer to make those kind of judgments. While the while the housing may become more affordable, the cost of living in the housing may not be more affordable because they have to drive large distances for basic services. That's I saw that in the Lawrence Fort Valley for thirty years. Everybody builds affordable housing and then they got to drive nine miles around trip to right. get their car service or get the school supplies for their kids. So there's a balance in those two activities. And, and in the case of Stagehill, it doesn't currently exist. It, it is remote. And I suppose a lot of people live out there because it's remote. And if the developer thinks that there's a market for a higher density product, I would think they would pursue it. So we can encourage them to study it. We can't impose it. Well, and uh, uh, again, how, how dense you could make it. Right. It's really going to boil down to what Morrison Creek can handle. That's also true. That's true. So, so I would pin any any increase in in units to be um, tied to Morrison Creek's capability to supply. Absolutely. To me, I kind of feel like there's an appropriate amount of density uh, looking at the rest of Stagecoach area and kind of being in a duplex myself and not necessarily wanting to go into a townhome or anything in that regards where you have plenty of land for each of these to become a duplex if they want or a single family home. Um, I think that that kind of provides that um, skew of people can kind of decide for themselves how tight and how close they want to be uh, compacted with each other in this, but also give some space so that you're not just a townhome. And that's what we always are kind of stressing for affordability and that kind of stuff. I feel like this area screams to have some kind of uh, mixed use like this in there where there is affordable, but there's also those kind of step up uh, housing in there. And I really think there's a well thought out um, area of how it has 50% open space. So you're not feeling even in the tight areas compact with each other. And you have recreational opportunities and a little bit of a community center where you can grab a beer with your friend. Um, I feel like those things with this being a tier two uh, uh, area, I think this is an appropriate um, density. Same thing with water and all that kind of stuff. But even without water, I think this is the appropriate amount and I wouldn't want any more. Okay. I think generally it's got enough density as presented. Uh, the lot sizes are generally in configuration with uh, not quite as big as South Shore on the average, but certainly some of the other lots in the area. There's, I was thinking of Red Hawk and Wagon Wheel and Projects 1 and 2 and Eagle's Nest and Stagecoach as an example of nearby uh, multifamily type projects that have the type of density you need for affordability. Uh, I think as we get further down the pike, I think we need to look at that because the fire chief just says it flat out. I don't have a place to house my workers that will be required to service this subdivision. Um, I like the word assuming up there. That's, that's a heck of a word that catches a lot. 
I, I think the, uh, Chris Rischlag said it well about the exit across the dam. I think that's got to be looked at. And then the realignment of 14, I think those things, before we see this at preliminary, uh, if we're going to increase the traffic load by 40%, which we could be doing, we need to see what's going on with the roads in the area. But would you be adverse to giving the opportunity to the developer to come up with a plan that has a bit more density? Yes. You would be adverse to that? That is correct. Okay. I think that would be out of compliance with uh, the overall stagecoach. Uh, it's not an urban area. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a rural area with houses on half acre, three quarter acre lots, generally speaking. That's what most of the stagecoaches. Uh, the only reason I'm raising the issue because I think there's a lot of jawboning and talk about um, affordable housing. Well, and I'm all for putting higher density on less land. Still get the 200 units on less land. And oh, well, that's kind of what I asked, isn't it? Yeah. No, in <laughs> excess, in excess of. You know, it's, always, it's not the same. Sorry. It's not. Yeah. No, because the other is sort of Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me, everyone, you've made your comments. Good comment. I get that. Okay. I'm okay for more density on the state there, but not more overall units. Yeah. Not more than 200 units in the whole area. Unless land. Yeah. That's understood. Okay. Mm. Bill? That confused me. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going along with it. It's fine with more, more density on the site if it's available and, they can, and we can put it in there. And uh, I like the way it's presented to us, and I'm not too worried about the traffic. And the fire chief has his own plans that aren't in front of us right now. I think that he is going to make his problem and stagecoach bigger. But Oak Creek is looking at the same problem right there. <laughs> we've, we've got ingress, egress out of that situation. And there's several solutions that have been offered to the fire chief, and I think he's taking the proper steps to move it ahead. And I think that with more density right there, it'll force him to be able to handle uh, his job for this project. So I'm on all for I like the parking, I like the commercial, I like more density if you can if you can handle it, if you can get it in there. Okay, thank you. Linda, I guess you kind of did already. I actually agree with Greg that overall, I think this project, as far as density, is fine. But if it turns out that those lots that are identified right now for single family are marketable and affordable and can be made duplex, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But generally, I'm not looking at, you know, higher density in terms of more buildings, 200 units. And if some of those units that were originally single become duplexes. Um, I'm a, that, I, yeah, I'm, that's a little bit different than what you said though. But, but I'm, I'm close, I'm close, yeah. Well, and that's what I think Greg articulated very okay. well. Yeah. Got the 200 unit number is a number, but maybe you have more density in duplex with your multifamily and less single family. <laughs> Andy? 
Um, I think what has been presented tonight is of a similar scale, scope, and context to what exists out there. When you look at the existing patterns on the land, the mixed use side of the lots is a good way to try and provide different products. Um, I think the free market will never allow the truly for affordable housing. I mean, if you can deliver a product under $500,000, I still don't think that's affordable to someone like myself. So, but I do believe what has been presented is professional and contextually appropriate for the site, other than the commercial aspect. I think a school might have been more appropriate than the commercial for me, but um, that doesn't mean it's a no in that case. Um, if more density, well, I like what I'm hearing so far, and I think the consensus seems to be no consensus. The direction seems to be going that perhaps the developer has an interest in putting more duplexes on existing single family lots, and we might encourage that or at least consider that. No, I'd say encouraging because I'm getting encouragement or I'm hearing encouragement. Or more duplexes? Yes, that's what I'm hearing. And again, all with a thought in mind that they're perhaps considerably more affordable than single family detached. But still remaining with 200 units. Yes. Okay. No, that oh. doesn't work that way. No, that can't be right. No, you could. You could. You could. Totally How can it be that? Because but that's what somebody said, and it makes sense that if you just had high density in some areas, so you have fewer single hands, fewer. Yeah, and I'm not. So you, you would enlarge the Okay, I'm misspoke. Then, yes, fine. I misspoke. Uh, no, I'm just trying to make clear what it is you were saying. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I am now. Because <laughs> I had mixed signals about that. I mean, my envisioning when I hear less land is. That's an 87 acre development. No, that's, yeah, it's roughly. And there's half is developed and half is open space. And I was hearing, well, no, let's now make it the same amount of units on 30 acres as opposed to 40. You follow me? No, yeah. you're not following me. Never mind. Higher density, no, higher density on lower land, yeah. less land. Okay. And the other thing I responded to Steve just to be open about it was just you can enlarge your single family lots and have bigger than half acre lots, three quarter of an acre, and suck up the same amount of space, right? Uh, it would area wise, you're still the same because your single family lots would yeah. grow in size. Yeah. So you've got, got me full of confusion. <laughs> I'm getting so there too. I, I understand that there's two. Two parties at the table right now. There's the party that doesn't mind um, letting them add more density, meaning more than 200 homes. Correct. And then there's the party that wants more density and more land and keeping 200 homes or less. Well, more density, I would say more density. Unless it results in a smaller problem. Yeah. Well, it just results in more open space. Yeah. 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 Yeah
to increase the density, reduce it's like a it's like an LPS for townhomes or something where you're consolidating onto an even smaller parcel. I would not be in favor of then saying you can take another part of the box parcel and put another 100 or 200 dollars on it. I think Morrison Creek will tell us they sound like they said 200 is the number. I sort of think we should trust our experts on that. And I, to me, you know, it's uh, saying that it's that 200, but as it is proposed right now, a lot of those single families can be duplexes. So if Morrison comes back and says, well, we can have more. It's not like they have to come back and say anything. It's a use by right to build a single family or a duplex right there. So they could just be like, oh, we can do more housing. And they already can kind of take that into alignment with this, uh, how it's laid out right now and add more uh, duplexes instead of single family. Well, I would be careful with that because if they do a traffic study based on 200 units, because I, I, I've been mulling this over my head, how are we going to limit it to 200 units? And that would be through a development agreement to say that through this, through this agreement and this plat, you are limited to 200 units because that your traffic study was based on. That's what your wall quality, water quality study was based on. That's what all of these studies were based on. And if they then wanted to come back and increase that density, then we would need to go through a similar process to take those impacts into consideration. So it sounds like y'all are trying to give him direction, but you're also trying to design the project. Yeah. And, so now we're, and I think now we're maybe to... that was could be a little bit wild, but maybe the, the question should have been, would you support extra density on this site? I think the issue is when you talk about density, I think that there's some people that talk about, I mean, it's the issue of number of units on this land. Yes. Not necessarily the, I mean, 200 units is going to be taken into consideration on the traffic study and all those things, right? Mm -hmm. But if you say more density, do you mean more units or do you just mean more density within 200 units? Uh, I would do it the other way around. I, yeah. Under the, under the, I think under the restrictions that are being placed on the developer in terms of sewer capacity, water capacity, traffic, I think the real answer to the question is we might encourage 200 units on less overall land. But I would also interject and we have to defer to the developer to assess. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. They, no matter what he built, he could build, he could build quantum questions out there, but he doesn't have a market for quantum questions. Well, it's, it's the second the reason why Brown Ranch is has single family units because if those goes that go at market value, that's what's paying for the infrastructure. So the, the, the townhomes and the multifamilies don't necessarily drive the same capital to provide infrastructure. You guys, right, they don't. That's a challenge. I think when the day is over and done with what we're really all saying is look at, and I think this is how we kind of started it. The plan is presented, we find to be acceptable, at least to the point he should move forward on it. However, he should also be thinking about, is there a way he can provide additional density on a going forward basis? Now, admittedly, if that means you could do a little bit more, do the same units on a little bit less land, well, let's take a look at it or have somebody take a look at it. It's an option for him. But he's in here right now with a basic plan that I, I'm sensing everyone supports. Yeah. All we're doing is conveying to him a broader message, which is, hey, 
maybe you've got another thought. Maybe there's something you can do that because we think maybe you can increase the density on less land because what we're trying to, I think, assume or trying to solve is this entire parcel problem of low cost housing and, and affordable housing. And I think we're all taking the same position. One of the ways you can maybe get close to that is you do the duplexes. You do the smaller units. Single family is not always funny. Your point about single family picking up the cap in their structure, totally agree. Well, that's his problem. So the hard part is like, so my brother lives in a town home and my mom just bought two doors down when my dad passed away. Got a great deal on it, a steal at $300,000. Again, from the guy that's on the lower end of the spectrum as far as age, like I, I couldn't go out and buy a $300,000 house right now. So teachers that get paid $40,000 a year in our district, a little bit more here in Steamboat, 50. No matter what we do and our best intentions, it's still not attainable. And I get it. I, yeah. I love the overall concept that we're trying to achieve, but unless you can deliver those things to market for a reasonable price, which is impossible here yeah. in Rao County, I, I, I don't know that giving more density or having them change the plan serves us any better. And it may not, but again, now it's back to Jim's comment. That's really up to the developer. Yeah. That's a. I think water quality is still a major issue of concern. Like we're already so at the other end of the lake by the unimproved camping, uh, the primitive camping, Martin Creek. I think is the inlet. There's already a blue-green algae bloom occurring. But Alan already crafted an additional condition on that. And we feel good about its coverage. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I rely on our experts to Absolutely. guide us in that. Did you not, Alan, craft language? Uh, I did. This is probably a good time to share the work on the conditions for people that I have to do. Yeah. Did that say wildlife trendy? Or was that supposed to be friendly vegetation on the landscaping one? Uh, it looked like friendly. It, is it safe? Oh, it says friendly. My eyes are getting bad. Sorry. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm hard. And that is okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so I want y'all to read those two conditions, and then there's the W is the water quality study. And then in case they do want to increase the number of units, I added number eight to make sure that all plans and studies take into the number of the units proposed. Good. That's a good one. And struck number 13. Could gotcha. you go back to 6R, please? So you made a new S. I did make a new okay, S. So yeah. yeah, that's where you got it. The well, yeah, you took one out and added another one in. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just 
I'm looking on here because I can't read up there, and I'm like, no, that's no storage. Okay. Maybe letter. It's all letter. Great. Okay. From there down. Yeah, makes sense. Mr. Chairman, can I ask a question for clarification? You may. What's the difference between activity 037 and 37 amends the future land use map. Right. And then 38 takes is the sketch subdivision and zone change. Right. Takes the it provides for a zone change from high density residential to commercial for that portion. Let's be done in one vote. No. Two. 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 Um, I think go for it. Jim. Uh, I would uh, I would move uh forwarding uh, with the recommendation, the positive recommendation, the recommendation for Zoom, uh PL 2023 uh, and findings of findings of that. one yeah. one through a b and c yeah right. second we have a second on um, i'm abbreviating 37 we have a motion and a second to recommend to the bcc correct 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 uh discussion on the motion all those in favor of the motion as presented, please signify by saying yes. Yes. Opposed, say no. No. Andy. Only one that ever votes no. <laughs> uh, Andy, you want to expand upon your no vote, please? Uh, I have a principal problem with the future land use map in general, and uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Again, I don't support the changing of the commercial for this particular location, but that's just me personally. So. Okay. So noted. Chair votes yes. Motion is carried. Uh, Mr. Chair, I now move approval uh, recognition of approval for BL 2023 together with the uh, modified conditions as presented by staff and the final impact. So we have a motion and a second to. No, O'Brien. Brian. Uh, we have a motion and a second on recommending to the BCC 2023-0038. Discussions on the motion. Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion as presented, please signify by saying yes. yes. Opposed, please say no. Chair votes yes. Motion is carried. And the recommendation stands. Mr. McGuire, you're done for the evening. <laughs> Hopefully you've taken it to heart. We yeah. have the jawboning back and forth here, which I thought was quite good actually. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're more than welcome to stay for our administrator's report, but I wouldn't encourage it if I were you.
This is a pretty good deal because it used to be village. Well, yeah, and that's the tough part to explain to people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Developers kind of accessing water and sewer. Uh, well, all these services are stage curtains. That's like that. So, is Christy, are you doing admin or is Alan doing it? Um, I can, I can do it. Um, no, no, it can Alan it'll be it? really, it'll be really quick. Um, but Alan's probably going to have to let me know. I don't have anything on my calendar for the 20th. However, about this? If Michael Alan does it, had an application. Yet? Hey, Christy, if Alan does it, will it be even quicker yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Alan, you want to do the administrator's report? <laughs> yeah. I don't mean I'm having fun with you, Christy. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's it is ten thirty at night here. <laughs> Are you East Coast, Long Island, to be specific? Well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. And this humidity uh, has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes, on seven twenty, there's the Columbine cabins. Um, they are amending their special use permit to add unguided ATV rentals. And then the thirteenth is officially not that that got changed because the uh, BBC couldn't do it that time, and that's changed that for a different joint, day. That was a joint session. I think so. That's why yeah, that's going to be on the 26th. Okay. It's Wednesday, the 26th is the joint meeting for the code update project. That will be a work session with the Board of County Commissioners and yourselves to discuss phase one of the code adoption process. And then beyond that, we don't have anything else scheduled unless, Alan, you um, have that you know will be on um i don't okay so um that's not to say we won't have things to be scheduled beyond the 26th but um we'll keep you posted on that sounds good um, anything else i believe are we back here on the 20th 20th uh, 20th to be determined yes. Two yes. years, it'll be here. Yes, if that changes, we will definitely. Okay, fine. Yeah, they're slated to be done with the room, but um, I don't have um, hopes that it will be completed by then. <laughs> they completed the painting. They still need to hang those fabric sound dampening panels. They need to put 
plug covers on the electrical outlets that they put in the ground. And then I think they need to finish the whole AV system. I think. I'm not sure. So when I spoke to the commissioner's office today, they are scheduling all hearings through the end of this month in this room. Ah, okay. That's the answer. That's the answer. Okay, folks, we're adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy, Christy. Will do. <laughs> <laughs> I expected way more opposition. What was good? I can say it in your own. Yeah. Do you have a hundred thousand dollars district to give me for the portion of the bridge over stage coach has a count? Chris was like, what? <laughs> talking about? My friend said that this development is going to require a bridge over the reservoir and oh, residents who right. stage coach are going to have to pay for it. Do you have $100,000 that it's going to cost me? Who did this? Decorator, decorator. Oh, bridge over the That's pretty wide. I heard that a couple times. I didn't know. Yeah, have been related, and they're happening with all of them. Remember last week, the presentation on Pittsburgh and Melbourne, and all the dollars that are out there. Yes, yes. That's what these guys They're having a meeting next month in Rifle to tell you how to do it. These people should be gone, but they won't. They won't get organized. I The fact that there was... I wanted to tell witness you. I said, you know, you can get them together, but it's obvious to me they ain't coming. Yeah. 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 Like that last uh, thing they did off of, uh, uh, you know, Meadow Green, one of the phases of Meadow Green, really whatever that's called. The counties helped form up a metro district there that made the water and sewer infrastructure possible. Then they charged it for the property. Yeah. The county could be the name of what they are. Alan had a question about they're going to have some internal dialogue about how the motions are or how we how we track these applications in city view because in this situation Andy voted against the future land use map change but then voted for the zone change to commercial for that which is inconsistent which I, is inconsistent I would have yeah. voted against the, the zone, zone change but still for the the subdivision Tell her everything. Uh, hey, Alan, Alan actually mentioned that, you know, that dichotomy in that. I guess I never thought about that. Because they can exist. They're mutual. They can.